How's it going, everyone? John here, the host of Spear Talk. You might not know this, but before I record an episode, I like to break a sweat. And I do that using the ChopFit. Over the course of the past year, the ChopFit has allowed me to lose weight, tone up my body, and feel even more amazing about myself. A feeling that you should all feel about yourself as well. If you use this code, SpearChop10, you get $10 off your order. Once again, use code SpearChop10 for $10 off your ChopFit order. It'll change your life. Thank you. How's it going, everyone? Uh, John here, the host of Spirit Talk. And today we have the incredible Marjean Holden, uh, actress, stunt woman, author, uh, martial artist, does incredible work with veterans. Um, and once again, it's great to have you here today, uh, Marjean. Uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, so to kind of touch, push, push this back, one the, you were the first people I wanted to kind of have on this podcast. And it, it's taken me now almost a year to this date when I started this because of COVID. And I wanted to reach out oh. to actresses or actors or people that people would know on TV or television, but mm-hmm. the individuals have really cool backgrounds with actual right. martial arts or right. a author with different backgrounds or veteran work. And you kind of check off all the boxes. So it's, it's really <laughs> cool to kind of have you here today. Well, thank you. I'm glad that I can check so many boxes off. That's awesome. So I know the last year has been kind of a wash for everyone, um, but uh, how have you kind of stayed busy? Has your creativity changed at all? Your mental health, your physical health? Like how have you kind of used this time this last year or so to kind of push yourself forward? Wow. You just like kind of hit on like everything in the, (laughs) in one fell swoop. Um, No, the last year for me, I know for a lot of people, it's like kicked them into creativity for me, it's done the exact opposite. Like it took wow. put me in total shutdown. Yeah. Total shutdown, total depression, mental health. Now, because for me, what I'm normally doing is I'm out there leading seminars, out working with people all the time. So to not be in a situation with a lot of people, it's like my creativity just sort of like, like everything just like, squeezed and dried up. So it's been a real challenge for me mentally to stay in a, in a good space for the last year. Yeah. Now I kind of want to jump into your book here because I was kind of blown away. Like you, you, your power of the goddess stuff and all this Mm -hmm. stuff you talk about, is this something that would be directly affected by this, this lack of, (laughs) so how does that kind of, can you write a new book now based on this? Um, you know what? Possibly. Yeah. Like the, uh, the effects of, you know, there are certain people that, you know, one of the things I do is, um, is I help people through this modality called discovering your sacred gifts. And everybody has a certain number of gifts that they're given by God when they're, you know, born and then they're cultivated over time. So one of my gifts is encouragement. And when I'm in an environment where there's a lot of people or I'm in that sort of group aspect, <clears throat> that gift kicks in. Gotcha. And when I'm not around people, it just sort of dries up and shrivels up and, and basically dies. So for me, um, not being around people to actually give that to, yeah, it's one thing like, sure, I could get a group together online and that does feel okay to a certain degree but by nature people are you know we 
used to live in tribes. Right. You know, like innately in our DNA, we lived in tribes. So everybody in the tribe sort of has their place, right? Right. And does their thing. Like even a tribe, say, say in the military, you're on a squad, on a squadron, you're in a group and you watch each other's backs, you work together, that energy feeds each other. So everybody being, some people really love being isolated and others it's like, oh my God. So for me as a, you know, in that sort of goddess, power of the goddess, female aspect, right? you know, I sort of vibe and feed off of other people's energy. And now the last year, most of the energy I've been feeling is that depressed fear that push down that oppression that people are starting to now go, no, I I can't do this. You know, and they're sort of like, you know, and it's good because people are breaking out of it and breaking through it. However, it's been pretty intense for me. Well, you (laughs) you bring up a really cool point where it's like after the last year and obviously we're not going to talk politics with the pandemic and stuff, but it is fascinating to see where people as a collective whole reach their breaking point where it's like, you know what? I've been inside for this last year. My kids need to go to the playground with other kids or I need to go to my AA meeting in person because you know what? These Zoom calls just are, the physicality is lacking. And I'm glad to see people breaking out, but they can do it safely. And that's really encouraging. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, yeah, you're right. Let's not go down that political road. Because uh, then my sword will really come out and it'll be like, "Ah!" I'm into it. Full full Shiva. Uh, So (laughs) totally. uh, you grew up in a a family with entertainers. And is this something where not pressure to partake, but were there other things you kind of wish you could have done had it your family not been entertainers and all this whole the gobbit of entertainment itself did you feel like a need to continue through that no i mean i always wanted to be in entertainment i always wanted to do that i but you know most of the entertainment in my family they're singers musicians you know they write music <laughs> they play music um and that kind of entertaining and for me i just didn't have that gift like it is a gift so i'm like you know, I don't really play the piano. I don't, you know, I, I've played around with it and I've, you know, taken some lessons, but I'm like, yeah, that wasn't really my thing. So the acting was always uh, more, you know, who, for me, naturally who I, right. you know, what I gravitated towards. Right. And then after, you know, so many years of being in, you know, in front of the camera like that, then started meeting, you know, a lot of people in the industry on the stunt side. So a lot of my friends were stunt people, stunt coordinators, you know, etc. And I was sort of in this really unique position when um, in, I think it was 1992-93. And I was working on a film and one of the gals who was a stunt woman, <clears throat> her husband came to set and he was a stunt coordinator. And we got to know each other and we talked and he was like, would call and go, Hey, you know, I know you're like this big actress and stuff, but I have this stunt job and we need a black girl. (laughs) And I'm like, gotcha. Oh, 
okay. He's like, because the other three at the time were booked because there really weren't that many. And he's like, right. you know, and you're tall and whatnot. He goes, it'll, you know, it's not going to be a hard job. It, it'll be, you know, super, you know, nondescript and nondistinct. And I went, okay. He's like, so go meet this other stunt coordinator and, you know, maybe you can, you know, get a job on this, this little film and double this person doing this stunt. And it was my first stunt job. The stunt director, the stunt coordinator's name was Gary Himes. <laughs> and he's oh, one wow. of the biggest stunt yeah. coordinators oh, in the yeah. industry. And he gave me my first stunt job. And That's it awesome. was on Speed, the movie Speed. And after that, I was like, wow. You know, just the, like, going back to that whole tribe thing, yep. the camaraderie of the stunt team was so different than what I had experienced with acting, because actors are, you know, we stay in our trailer, like, until we're ready to go, you know, stay in character or whatever we're doing. And the stunt team kind of like, like, let's stay together, like, talk about what's going to happen in the actual, you know, the, the stunt. Right. You go here, you go there. It's all a team. We're all working together and to ensure that everybody's going to be safe, you know, after it's included. So then it just became like, wow, this is, this is kind of cool. And I started doing more and more stunts and did stunts for about 10 years. One of our uh, loyal listeners, Rebecca, had this really cool question for you. When uh -huh. you were acting or stunt work, is there other times where you are actually on screen as the main actor actress, but you also have to do your own stunt work? Does that ever get in the way of making the actual acting job uh, different? Because now you have to focus really on your fit, your health and your safety now too. Um, for me, it wasn't a big deal for, because I'd always been an athlete. I'd always trained like I had done my martial arts and, and done that stuff. So for it, for me, it wasn't a big deal. And part of the problem with that is like, I'm six feet tall. And right. so there were no other actresses or <laughs> women to double me. So I was like, well, it's beneficial for everybody that I just do it myself. Right. I have had stunt doubles in the past and like, it's really clear <laughs> that it was a stunt double. Like there's a body shape, just very different. It's like my legs are super long. My body's kind of short, you know, it's like, even though I'm six feet tall, it's like my inseam's 36 and my right. torso is really short. So it's like, you know, it was always the joke when I'd sit at the table. It's like, I was like the little kid at the table, you know, how, how, but then the I stand up make, and- Do the producers, the director or whoever's the, the insurance for these films, are they the, do they value you in front of the camera that much more where they're like, Hey, in case she does get hurt, we can't lose her for this the actual TV role. Is that why they, because why not just have you yes. switch played this? Yeah, it is a, it is an insurance thing for them. And sometimes if it's something they're like, yeah, it's not just, um, as an example, um, I did an episode of Star Trek, deep space nine. Yep. And part of the stunt was, doing a high fall over a railing into a pad. And the stunt coordinator was like, yeah, no. Huh. Because the producers were like, for insurance purposes, 
No, we have to have somebody W. And so Dennis Madelon, absolutely brilliant. And the way in which he shot the stunt woman, LaFay Baker, who's one of the you right. know, top, yep. top stunt women in the in the business, you know, the way he shot her, because we we have such a height difference, but the way in which he shot her going over the railing, like you couldn't tell because of the angle. So that was the beauty of that. And it was, you know, so the producers do actually, they will go, um, yeah, not that one. Right. Sorry. <laughs> you know, but few and far what, between for me. One of my favorite movies uh, is the movie Blade. Um, uh -huh. And you, obviously you just start work with that. But for a movie like that, where there's weapons, swords, martial arts, different forms of fighting, how creative are you allowed to get in terms of really staging some of these fight scenes? Because I can, I can only imagine that last 30 minutes of Blade, there is so much going on. And one wrong mistake or wrong hit, you could seriously injure someone. And so right. how fun is that to kind of work with a team, like you said, to put together these extravagant movie fight scenes? You know, it really, it is a lot of fun and it is a lot of work. And sometimes those sequences are rehearsed for weeks and, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks before going in front of the camera to make sure that, you know, the timing's right and everything is, you know, cohesive before you get on set so that, you know, A, there's not a lot of time wasted and B, it's not, you know, everybody's safe. So, right. yeah. You mentioned uh, boxing and martial arts growing up. How did you kind of get started with that? Was that just like a, while these kids and everyone else plays instruments, I want to get in the gym type thing? Like, how did you pick the martial art you wanted to learn? You know, um, that's a funny story. Um, I grew up like doing my sports. My dad and I took karate when I was really young. Oh, wow. like, I think I was 12 or 13, but that only lasted very, you know, very short time because for me it just didn't you know Shotokan right. karate it didn't you know one belt two belts and I was like eh, not really that interesting when I moved to LA I met um Mark Dacascos oh, and his style you know and dated him for a few years and that style that he that his dad you know nope. created and and put out into the world was really much more fluid for my body and for my for my type so that's what i you know sort of gravitated towards and then one of um sifu al's students became a sifu um my sifu sifu earl white and oh, wow. trained with him for for 10 years yeah. Super, super so, awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. I just love how it's funny how you talk to different actors or martial arts, how they kind of get their start in, with martial arts or boxing. It's, it's very fascinating how it usually starts with a chance training with a father figure or uh -huh. a brother or sister, and it kind of, you kind of <clears throat> morph into your own. It's, it's really cool to hear you. You kind of did the one thing with your father that, Hey, I want to do this. And for you to do that, it's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, and it was great because like all of us that trained together, like we were all, you know, in the film industry and we trained together and then everybody would go off and do their films and come back and train and, you know, put their, their martial art to, you know, to use in the film industry. So it was really, 
you know, and it was really fun to see everybody's progression and to see where it was taking everybody. I didn't keep up with it after, you know, it's like it would be here and there. Right. But um, for 10 solid years, we uh, we hit it hard. <laughs> One of my guilty pleasure movies is World Combat Annihilation. And I uh-huh. love that it's just, Hokey's not even word for it. It just, for me, it just summed up my childhood playing the video games. I loved it, all the characters, but especially your character of Shiva. Like, there's, I don't think there could really be anyone that could play that character then or now. But part of me felt like you couldn't obviously use your real martial arts, or it seemed like your role was trimmed down. Where I wish there was more for your character. Do you have any of those type of like resentment for that? And we, we don't have to name names, but I know with the new Mortal Kombat movie out, yeah, uh, I went back and rewatched Annihilation. I'm like, yeah, this thing had so many cool characters, Shiva being one of them. It would have been really cool if you actually got like a proper like fights and stuff of this. Yeah, that was actually one of the um, reasons why I really wanted to do the role because there was a fight that was written in there for Shiva and Raiden. Oh man! And I was like, oh yeah, this makes it you know yeah. makes it worth it, you know. Yeah. And I played the the character and you know played the game really was like, yeah, this is great. You know, it was one of the toughest um, parts I had ever had, you know, worked really hard to get. There were, I had my initial audition and six callbacks. So it was like when they finally came through and were like, yeah, you got the role. It was like, yes, great. And by the time I showed up to work on set, they decided they were going to cut that fight out. And so I just, I was like, you know, it's no secret. It's like at that time, it's like I went to the producers even. And I said, you know what? You might as well just cut the character out because right. if she's not going to fight. Right. Cause I, cause I, I knew, you know, from just from the way people reacted to the character, just in, you know, blogs or blog, whatever, there weren't even vlogs back then but in blogs and in talking on different things that Shiva was like, they were like, yeah, we can't wait to see that fight with Shiva. Oh my God, it's going to be awesome. And then it was just like, what? And I said, you're going to piss a lot of people off. Basically. I said, the fans are going to be like, I feel ripped off. I feel let down. And they were like, no, 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 we have to have a character in the movie. And it was really, you know, it's sort of like this struggle for the whole time we were shooting, knowing that, this fight was never going to happen. Well, it's, for me, it's like yeah. obviously there's those video games and that those movie that movie franchise has strong female characters, but yes. Shiva was the first like truly bad, bad like monster woman. It's like there's that whole female empowerment thing that she can fight the bad, she can fight the good guys, she right. can kill the good guys, and the, it seemed like now I know why it seemed like a cheap way to just be like have you up there as a general and maybe that's just me because i'm a fan of the game and the character right. but it's super uh that's super uh that's super that kind of bums me out yeah it bummed a lot of people out not just you so it bummed a lot of people out i just read a um a narrative um on youtube or or watched a narrative on youtube yep. and um it was actually a really good summary of shiva now I can't even remember. I'd have to look it up. Um, can't even remember like the guy that actually put it together. But he actually read from the comic book or from the book from the novel yes. about the fight 
you know, with Shiva and Raiden, and then was sort of comparing it to the movie and back and forth. And I went on and I said, hey, that was a really good summary and a really good narrative that you did of Shiva. And I really wanted to say thank you. Because in yeah. all of these years, it was like the most comprehensive and true um, sort of review that I had seen of the character or heard of the character. So I was like, thank you so much. And he was like, is this really you? <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's really me. You the know? goddess of death. I, yeah. yeah, I don't, I, you know, it's like I'm not good at like disguising myself online. It's like if, if it's my profile, it's my profile. You know, it's like, right. I don't. Yeah. Well, a movie that uh, where you did have a badass fight scene, ballistic, and uh -huh. for a movie like that, how fun is that to really go toe to toe with a counterpart where it's like you guys could actually have some real fun with this? Oh my god, we had a blast. And even though, are you talking about me and Corey Everson? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Corey and I, we had so much fun shooting that fight, and. You know, we were both like, you know, decent shape, you know, worked out all the time. And two days after that fight, we were like, oh, my God, are you sore? And we were so sore and so stiff because, you know, training is one thing, but shooting a fight for 12 hours of the day is totally different totally different so it's like stop start stop start stop start stop start you know punch kick punch kick react 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 completely different so we felt it we totally felt it but we had such a blast and we would we just laughed you know we would laugh all day long it's yeah, uh it you've also done john Carpenter's vampires you mentioned uh -huh. a bunch of the star trek shows do you do you like getting playing these characters that are uh it's like how you just you kind of hide inside these characters where, yeah, we know it's Marjeed, but <laughs> here you're a vampire lord master or you're a four arm creature or you are a space creature or you're the beast world universe. Do you like playing with different makeup and different costumes? Does that make it that much more fun for you with these roles? It totally. You know, it really all of that adds to um you know, just finding the truth of the character, you know, it's like, I couldn't, you know, run around just in my normal clothes in the jungle playing arena, you know, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't lend to, I don't care how great of an actress I am, or no, not to say I'm a great actress, but, you know, for me, the whole package really is like that, that, catalyst to really bring forth you know what's happening with the character what are your similarities you think to arita from beastmaster is there anything there where how what differentiates <laughs> the character to yourself yeah. in real life arena was really stubborn and very strongly opinionated and i'd say yep that's that was very similar <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> you know, of course, I don't like in my everyday life run around, you know, kicking people, impressive, you know, asses. But um, sometimes, in, you know, the last little while I wanted to. <laughs> yep. Now, for the stunt work for a show like that, I can imagine huh? there's a lot of a lot of people doing stunts because it seemed like there's a lot going on. So is there a lot of sitting around, too? Or how do you film the stunt parts first and then? kind of flesh out the rest of the seeds for those shows? You know, that was a really um, interesting show where we 
shot five days of main unit and two days of second unit. So we were on a five and two, what's called a five and two for production. So one episode would shoot for five days and then have two days of second unit where most of the fight stuff would happen. If any of the action was happening was on those two days. And in that two days, another five day on another episode would start. So it could be that I was doing second unit on one episode for those, you know, in those two days, but also doing main units at the same time for a different episode. Um, So it was, you know, on those days where it's that two days of action, it was usually just, you know, constant for those two days. So there wasn't a whole lot of sitting around. There's more sitting around on main unit with, you know, with the acting and the dialogue and things like that than there was with the action because the action days were that designed just for that. It's like action, just boom, boom, boom. Okay. We've got three fight scenes that we've got to do, you know, before lunch. So, you know, we got five hours, three fight scenes, all angles for, for, you know, for the episode and, you know, three location changes, (laughs) you know, so right. it was like pretty, pretty quick. And our crew was amazing because they were, you know, our second unit crew was so amazing that, you know, it's like, okay, here we go. Boom, 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 boom. We worked with the same directors, the same crew. So everybody was really dialed in. I like that. Yeah, uh, it was really you, fun. You've got to touch it. But our friend Lori, a uh, friend of the show, was wondering, as a female, not only the martial arts world, but stunt work, is it, was it difficult to break in? And how do you kind of deal with working in a male dominated environment um, where there's not a lot of female stunt women, there's not a lot of female martial artists. Like how did you kind of process that where you have to stand out, but not only represent females, but a profession like stunt work that not a lot of females have the opportunity to get a chance to try. Right. Oh, Gosh, that's a the uh, loaded question. At the time, it was a lot more, um, a lot more challenging, you know, because that was right. twenty <clears throat> some seven years ago, twenty five, right. twenty seven years ago, you yep. know, for me. Um, so, God, even longer than that. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <clears throat> so, um, but it was. You know, for me, getting into the stunt work, I didn't go, I, I sort of went the, the opposite way. So it's like I went into acting first and acting, you know, there were so many people in it, right? right? That it was sort of like, you know, whenever I was auditioning, I was always going up against the Vivica Foxes and the Halle Berrys and, you know, the Garcelle Beauvais. So it's like, I really you know, or Lynn Whitfield or, or all of the bigger, you know, right. actresses in the film and in the industry. And it's like, oh, well, no, I might not get that part because, you know, Halle Berry's here for, you know, X-Men Storm. So it was a lot more challenging to get an acting role for me than to get to know the stunt coordinators and when there were a lot of action pictures happening and they needed a diverse, you know, like just even ND players for, you know, say like a movie like Taxi, right? Where there's a lot of, right. of people on the street 
and, you know, staying out of the way of a, of a car flipping over or something like that, there was a lot more opportunity actually for me. And being in the, you know, in the, in a minority category for me, it was really a blessing. It was such a blessing. There's way more opportunity now than ever for females in the stunt industry, way more because the whole, you know, it just, it opened up, you know, it opened up about 10, 15 years ago and more women are coming through. Anyone who has you know, a lot of the women in the in the industry have a background either at martial arts or in stunt uh, driving or in um, gymnastics, especially anyone that has any swimming capability, scuba diving, um, platform diving, uh, horsework, motorcycles. Right. Oh my special god! Special skills, right. special skills like that, and there's just. There's way more opportunity now than there has ever been, ever. And it's a matter of just like any other, you know, profession, it's going out and meeting. Yes, there are etiquettes to how you hustle a stunt coordinator, how you get in. But there's a lot more services now online that you can put your picture up, you can put your information up, you know, stunt directories, you know, Wally Crowder started the first stunt players directory and that stunt directory, you know, you can put yourself in it and you list all your skills and here's my pictures. And so stunt coordinators just have that book and they can look and go, okay, who do I need? Do I need someone to double somebody? Do I need, you know, just somebody with certain skills? And they can look through that and say, oh, I love yep. that. There's someone with that and let me bring them in, see if the producers like them and then go from there. I've always loved when actors uh, like some say something like Tom Cruise or Vin Diesel or The Rock. The first people they usually thank are their stunt doubles or their stunt teams, especially if they're these big summer blockbuster movies. I've always wondered how come stunt individuals like yourselves, men and women, how come they don't, there's no cabbie awards or really prestigious awards for these men and women that literally put their lives on the line to make these actors look really good. Is this just like a, is this, oh, you guys not want that? Is that kind of fit the mystique of the stunt people or would it be kind no. of cool to get a Gabby award for it? <laughs> there is an award. It's the Taurus Stunt Awards. Okay. Um, they have been, oh gosh, how long now? I did the very first, we did a, we did a, we did a gag on the very first one. What year was that? It was 1990. Oh, gosh, I can't even remember. I'd have to look at my information. But the Taurus Stunt Awards are specifically for stunt players. And for years and years, um, Julie Michaels and Pee Wee Pimonti have been fighting and fighting to try to get a category in the Academy Awards and in the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. There's finally... A category in the uh, the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences for stunt coordinating and for second unit for that, and part of it is that you know a lot of times actors they don't want people to know that they're not the ones doing the stunts. You know, it's been a Which, it's been a very it's like oh I have to you know I got to maintain this ego this image when it's like we all know that that's not them out there flipping around 
you know, Tom Cruise being one of the exceptions because he does do a lot of his own stunts. He does have a stunt double, um, but he does do a lot of his own stuff uh, under very, very close watch. But, you know, it's like a lot of the actors, they, they don't want people to know when, you know, sort of like the the man behind the curtain, right? The woman right. behind the curtain. But it's 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 very um yeah. So they've fought a long time and very hard to get recognized for their work because it's an art. It is just like acting right. is you hone your skills as an actor, you hone your skills in the stunt industry. You know, the amount of rigging that goes into a lot of this stuff, you know, and you've got somebody's life in your hands. Right. Literally. Right. You know, and, you know, it's like I've I've have friends that, you know, they've had stunts gone wrong and they're no longer with us. So it's an art. It really is. And it needs to be recognized. And it's and it's taken years and years for those Right. You know, little platforms to kind of say, oh, oh, and yeah, oh, yeah, there's actually a stunt person behind that person. Right. <laughs> right. Camera Diaz really can't drive on fire through a brick wall. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Cameron. <laughs> uh, so I guess in terms of if you could, there, do you have any specific stunts you've done, say one or two, that you really love or is there is there one that you wish you could kind of redo i oh gosh that i really loved i mean all of them have been fun except for the odd exception of them um if i could redo them i don't think i'd redo any of them as as a stunt woman when you watch a movie now or a tv show do you look at some of the stuff and be like I could do that better or they should have done this. Do you always, could you ever shut that off and just enjoy the TV show or movie? Every once in a while. If it's, if I'm watching something that is outside of, you know, like my range or my scope of things that I do, I always go, Oh wow. I'd love to be able to do that. Right. Right. As opposed to, you know, it's like sometimes if I see a fight and it's like, it's just horribly wrong. um, It's like, I'm not the best at, you know, setting things up or anything, but you know, it's like when it's a clear miss and it's like, they leave it in, it's like, Oh man, like even the, the untrained eye can go, that doesn't, that doesn't look right. (laughs) Or that didn't look right. It didn't even look like it connected, you know, because there's a certain way in which, you know, you have to angle the camera in order for it to actually look like, you know, somebody's hitting somebody in the face. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and for a long time it was like god i just want to go watch a film and then just enjoy it as opposed to picking it apart um to see you know kind of where the gaps are um but that's you know the last couple of years i've just sort of like let me watch something that i wouldn't normally watch right and so this kind of leads me into one of the coolest things just doing research on you is your uh, this award you won military order of purple heart 1996 for veterans. And one of our good followers, again, Kim and I really want to know what led you to kind of dedicate 
to, was this something about veterans you've always resonated with or what led you down this path to do some really cool stuff for veterans and different organizations? Well, part of it is my dad was in the army, you know, so it's like I lived with a veteran. He was in the Korean War. And when my parent, well, my mom still lives there. My dad passed away in 2005, but he was involved with some of the veterans there in the area in Arizona. And my mom was good friends with somebody who was in a veterans organization. And so it was sort of like this natural, you know, she would say, oh, yeah, my daughter's an actress, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so they would call and say, hey, do you want to participate in this in this event for veterans? And it's like, well, of course, you know, I have so much respect for anyone who has gone out and, you know, fought for our country or, you know, have I've got a lot right. of family, you know, in, in the military, you know, I've got a cousin that was a Marine, another one was in the Navy, another was in the army, you know, my dad was in the army. So it's like the utmost respect and being that I've been so fortunate in the film industry, I've worked with a lot of veterans in the film industry as well. So part of it was like, like now I'm more you know, still trying to, you know, trying to find like, where's another organization or where's something that I can, you know, support or follow or be part of, you know, in the veterans, you know, sort of capacity. So I've kind of been like, look, I look at the Wounded Warriors Project and I'll look at, um, like uh, Craig Sawman Sawyer does, you know, Veterans for Child Rescue, you know, that kind of stuff is like, oh, you know, I'm not a veteran, but... (laughs) Like, oh, I'd go out and do that with right, you guys. Side, yeah. You know, right. <laughs> it's like because you know there's there's stuff going on out there, yes. and yeah, but it's uh it's just super cool though because the fact you give your time back and you dedicate your life to you can still do what you want to do, but also be a yeah. kind of like a shy example for other people to kind of help other people that don't have the opportunities or the chances to kind of do uh, what you do. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I'm saying it's like I'd love to love to actually do more because it's like, you know, there's so many that, you know, it's a it's not an easy road in the military. It's like I I have some girlfriends that are ex-army and, you know, they're like they can tell some stories, you know, of their time in Afghanistan and like, whoa, you know. So, yeah. And trying to pick up after that with all of the. uh you know, the programming and deprogramming that they've had right. to do. We carry the PTSD and all this yep. other stuff they see, the actual horrors, atrocities of yeah. war to the civilian life. Yeah. So what are some other projects you've got working, coming on? I mean, obviously, I know the industry is kind of doing its thing again. Weird. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, anything coming up here that you're excited about or what you got coming, cooking in the kitchen? Yeah, I got one, you know, got a couple of things cooking in the kitchen, a project that a friend of uh, mine for that I met on Beastmaster is putting together over in Australia, um, which, you know, it's like been, you know, real slow going. It's a huge franchise. So it's like bit by bit by bit, really slow going. But there's a uh, another friend of mine from the Mortal Kombat days, uh, old Darren McBee, who's got a script that we're... He sent to my husband and I, and 
we read it and it was like, oh, this is a cool little project. It's like, let's get a bunch of us together and let's do this. So now I'm just going, okay, all right, God, you know, let's dump a dump an angel investor on us and let's make this little project. It's it's sort of like a kickback to the, you know, the 80s, like real, um, yes, you know, hand-to-hand combat, you know. It's totally missing in action movies. Uh, they kind yeah. of, I, I, now I'm thinking of this question. You mentioned Duran, Montaro, uh, uh-huh. and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, but then you have, so what, what do you feel about that? Robin Show, Keith Cook, uh-huh. J.J. Perry. Yep. Uh, all these Type A legit world class world totally. champion artists. <laughs> if you're like catering or craft services and still be, are you guys just kind of like sizing each other up? Like how do you, how do you like maintain all that like testosterone and what you got going on with uh, Melina and all? Like how do you guys kind of just like, like I would be so amped up just watching you guys backstage. Like how do you, like how do you, <laughs> how do you contain all that? Well. <laughs> It's a very human experience being uh, behind the scenes with all of that, you know, because first and foremost, we're, you know, on Mortal Kombat, like we, we became a family, right? right? So it was sort of like, um, you know, just kind of, you know, the jokes and the kidding around and, you know, it's like the whole normal day to day you know, this is what we're doing, you know, totally blessed to be here. And hey, or, you know, it's like if we were in Thailand, which we were for a while, and it's like, we've got one day off, where do we want to go? You know, do we want to go to the city? Do we want to go to the temples? What are we going to do? And, you know, sometimes it would be like, no, I'm sleeping. You know, I'm sleeping for the next 24 hours. But, you know, there wasn't really, you know, just kind of like it was was so long ago. But thinking back at that point in time, a lot of us were, you know, we were so young in our careers. But everybody, God, I have just been, I've been so blessed on the sets that I've worked on that in the projects that I've worked on that everybody's been so super cool with the exception of of you know one or right. two one or two right I consider myself so blessed because everybody has been like the coolest most grounded um I think you know some of the projects that I work on because there's more like martial artists you know fighters there's a more grounded aspect to it right. because martial arts is a lot of spiritual connection. So for us, it was just like, you know, hey, get grounded, get centered, you know, it's like, are we going to, you know, have some fun and just have a good time with each other, you well, know? Right. And yeah, so I've been so blessed to work with super cool people That's in awesome. my career. So uh, before I let you go, I know you're on Instagram, uh, you're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, website, where can people find out what you got going on? Um, Yeah, I'm the worst with my social media too, but I do have a fan page on Facebook that um, every once in a while I go on. Um, I do have my Instagram and it's all usually, it's like Facebook is Margie Holden fans at Facebook and Instagram is just at Margie Holden. And, you know, that's it. I kind of like 
you know, trying to get websites together and going and, oh my God, I've been hopeless in that respect. Your, so. your book, your book on Amazon. The book is on Amazon. Okay. Yep. Power of the Goddess. The book is on Amazon. So they can find that there. And yeah. I love so it. That's, that's this it. was so, a, uh, this was a blast, Marjeet. Oh, thank you so much. It was a really, really fun time. So awesome. I look forward to it. And if there's another, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat Annihilation mm-hmm. cast, I can send your way. Let me know. <laughs> uh, it's funny because we've actually, I've actually, I'm good friends with Keith Cook. Uh-huh. Uh, he's I awesome. Have, he's done the show, The Spirit Talk, twice. Uh, yeah. I had Chris Costabasa from the first uh-huh. one. Uh, I've actually talked to Duran. Uh, but I know he's right now in the middle of doing stuff for another thing he was part of where he can't really talk about it per se. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, I'm just drawn to these actual athletes, martial artists, champions. Yeah. You know, they get to play these really cool characters. And for me growing up, it's like these are the only people that can portray these characters. At right. Least to me. So well, thank you. Just, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's like if, if I want to be killed by Shiva, like it has to be you. It can't right. be Shiva. <laughs> It can't be anyone else. It's got to be you. So this is okay. super awesome. <laughs> so thank you for this. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you all for checking out this week's episode. Once again, I'm John. If you liked what you heard and saw today, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our brand new merch store with hats, coffee mugs, T-shirts, other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Again, thank you all for support. Be safe and see you next week. Hi, I'm Emily Roger. And I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.